I want us to do something before I open the word today. And I want you to help me with this. Let's, let's say them together, shall we? Great I am, Omega, Master, Captain, Bread of Life, Teacher, Servant, Prince of Peace, Cornerstone, Mighty One, King of Israel, Lamb of God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Redeemer, <laughs> Christ, Right of the World, Emmanuel, Creator, Savior, My Best Friend, Word of God, Alpha, Rock, God's Son, His Name is Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to turn in your Bibles today. I've been doing a series out of Malachi, but we're not going to go to Malachi. I sat there this morning and thinking of all of the things that these young people are doing and their expressions of the names of God, of what God is doing in people's lives. And I thought, you know what? This is not the message for the day, but I think I've got it. So turn with me to Acts chapter 4. A little jump there. Acts chapter 4, I want to walk through this very briefly, and then we're going to dismiss. Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. I want you to understand the setting of this. In Acts chapter 4, what has happened prior to this, just prior to this, and it hasn't been too long ago, was the fact that these people have been waiting in the upper room of God. They have been waiting for God literally to, if you can, I'm going to borrow an expression, to show up. And God did. The Bible says that the power of God filled that upper room and filled them with the mighty Holy Spirit. Now these are the 12 disciples of Jesus, plus there were a number of other people with them. And these are the disciples, and these are the people that are going to take this gospel, that are going to fan this out over the entire known world. They are the messengers of God. They are the people that God has said, you now are responsible to take this message of the cross, of the liberating power of Christ, of the grace of God, and, the, and faith in God. You're going to take it to the little ends of the earth. And that's eventually what they did. <clears throat> and so within days, you can't keep something like that bottled up. You, can't, you cannot experience the wonderful power of God that would descend upon a congregation like this and think that this congregation is going to keep it bottled up, put the cork in the bottle and say, we'll let it out next week, and then we put the cork in at 11.15, and we walk out of here and eat pizza. doesn't work that way. These people went out of that upper room and with great power and great grace and with the authority of this word, they took the word to the streets, to the marketplaces of the world and began to, and began to preach Jesus. And this is one of these instances that I love so much 
in this book of Acts. Because what had happened just right before is that there was a blind man, a man, <clears throat> a man that was a beggar. He was sitting on the street doing the thing that he knew how to do, and that was beg for money, literally his subsistence. <clears throat> and Peter and John came walking along. And this beggar reached out to him and said, you know, obviously he wanted some money. He wanted, can you give me some money? Peter and John said, no, we don't have any money. Silver or gold, have I none? But what did he say next? In the name, in the name, say it with me, in the name of Jesus. There you go. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. We don't know the background of this guy, if he ever did walk in his life or something happened to him that he couldn't. We don't know that. And that's not all important, but I can tell you this. This guy was begging for money. He was begging for uh, his next meal and all of this stuff. And when Jesus Christ, through the ministry and the work of John and Peter, rise up in the name of Jesus. And this man went from a cripple, went from one of these guys that just you just see on the street all the time. He means nothing. We don't know his name. We don't care about his name. We're not really interested in his life. He's just another old cripple, another old beggar. But in God's mind and in God's eye, he was somebody to be redeemed, somebody to be changed, somebody to be transformed in this world. And that's exactly what happened. Now we get to chapter 4. <clears throat> Let me tell you, anytime you take a stand for God, like this guy did, or like these guys did, and now this crippled guy is up walking around, that's quite a stir in the town, isn't it? This news got around. And that's the last thing the Sadducees and the Pharisees wanted to see. These were the so-called religious leaders of the day. These are the guys with the button-down collars and everything, with the tie on and everything like that. I'm not one of them. But uh, anyway, they wanted to rule the roost because it was profitable for them. But here it says, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came to them being, guess what? Greatly disturbed. You take this gospel out of this building today and you take it into the marketplace of Pocahontas and Humboldt and Manson, wherever you live, on the farm road down here or the farm road up there. And I'm going to tell you something. People are going to be greatly disturbed. That's all there is to it. I promise you this. I promise you, if you take this gospel to the marketplace of our culture today, you will find people who will embrace it, who will love it, and like this beggar, this blind guy on the side of the road, will want it, and, he's, and they will be transformed by it. And you'll find some others who will say, I'm greatly disturbed. This is rocking my boat. This is taking the status quo out of my life, and I love status quo, don't you? So they laid hands on him. 
Now, this isn't laying hands on like we do sometimes at the front of this church when people come up for special prayer where we lay hands on them and pray for them. This is a little different. When they laid hands on they put them by the nape of the neck and say, we're going we're gonna to take you into court now. We might throw you in jail. We just don't like what you're doing. They laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day when it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word and believed, and the number of men came to be 5,000. Oh, we got a problem on our hands. It's not just these two guys running around, Peter and, Peter and John. There's 5,000 of them. And we don't have a jail that big. What are we going to do about this? This is a real serious problem. There are 5,000 fanatics for Jesus Christ on the loose in our city. And we are greatly disturbed by that whole idea that they are taking this gospel. Let me fast forward to 1517. When Luther took those, those theses, he put them up in the door of that Roman church, nailed them up there. Let me tell you what, there was a disturbance in the land. And people begin to realize it's through Christ and him alone, through faith alone, and all of these other things that we preach today. In verse 5 it says, It came to pass in the next day that their rulers and elders and scribes, as well as the high priest Annas, hey, this is the wicked guy that oversaw the trial of Jesus. He's a killer. John and Alexander and as many of the family of the high priests gathered in Jerusalem. And when they said to them, by what power or what name, what name, Lori, what name, there they are, all across the front of this church. And there's even more than this, by the way. We could fill this thing two or three times over with the name of Jesus by what name or power have you done this and Peter Peter the guy that shriveled when a servant girl came up to him in the courtyard of Caiaphas and that servant says aren't you one of those with this Galilean guy oh not me not me no no Mistaken identity. Not me. Three times. And the last time, the Bible says he cursed. And then realized what he had done and ran into the night. Fearful. Filled with anguish. Just all of these things that flooded into Peter's life. Look at what the transformation has occurred now. Then Peter, verse 8, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are to be judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you and to all of the people of Israel that by the name, by the name, of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man stands here before you. That is, <clears throat> this is the stone that was rejected by the builders 
has now become the chief cornerstone. Let's make sure we understand the interpretation of that. These people had rejected Jesus. They wanted to keep their old pharisaical system. They wanted to keep their dead religion going because it was profitable for them. They didn't want to be disturbed. It was a source of power for them and everything. And along comes Jesus. He upset that entire system. He rocked their entire world. And he was rejected by them. He was rejected. But the Bible says he's now become the cornerstone. That cornerstone is so important in the building of a home, in the building of a building. That's the place. That's the place that finishes it. That's the place that identifies that, abil- that building with what it's intended and what it's supposed to be. You've rejected it, but he's now the chief. Nor is there salvation in any other name, for there's no other name under heaven. There's the names up here. No other name under heaven given among men that we must be saved. That's a good thing today. That's a good thing. God doesn't save us because we showed up at church this morning. God doesn't say, I guess you're ready for heaven because you came in and gave it the offering. I guess you're good because you had a good week. You're not ready for heaven because the good that I do outweighs the bad that I've done. This Bible says it's because of the name of Jesus. The name that literally is above all other names. The one that was rejected has now become the cornerstone. And by the way, this was prophesied way, way, way back into the Old Testament that this is exactly the way it's going to happen. I'll tell you what, friends. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now you talk about a step of faith. You talk about stepping out in faith. Craig, Craig saw, God saw your life. He saw my life. He saw the miserableness of our sin. He saw your life. He saw your life. There was no guarantee that we were going to say, I love Jesus Christ and I want to live for him and I want him to forget. There was no guarantee. But while we were yet sinners, Paul, Christ died for us. And that's the name that we lift up this morning in this church. That's the name. And so that's the name that we pray in. That's the name that we believe that God touches our lives and he will meet every one of our needs. And he will save you. I'm concerned there may be people here today that really, I mean, this, this isn't something that sort of is in your vocabulary. It's not in your wheelhouse, as they say. Well, you're here on a great day. 
Because these puppets and these young people have pointed out something that is very powerful, and that power is in the name of Jesus. And it's in that name, in that name, that can take you, and he has taken me, and he's taken many others in this room, and set us free from sin. He's given us a place and a guarantee of heaven. And I want to extend that to you this morning as we pray here before we leave the church. I want you to respond to him. Will you do that? Will you respond to him? He can change your life. I don't know where, how you, I don't, I don't know anything about you. There's many people here that are guests today. But I can tell you this, he'll change your life if you'll let him. If you'll let him. If you figured out another way to get to heaven, all I can say is you're wrong. It'll never line up with this book because God wants to set you free and it'll be by the name, the name of Jesus. So let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you. It is in your name that we do pray. It is in your name that we have confidence that we have been set free from our sin. So Father, today I pray that it is in the name of Jesus that you would speak into people's lives, you would touch their lives. Father, I pray for people here. I think there's somebody here that's, you've just been kind of in a rebellious sort of a frame of mind in your life. And lately you've just been, you've been just really putting on the little rebel act. Father, I pray today, may the strong name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit literally break, literally break that bondage in that life. I pray for some here today that perhaps there's been an indifference. There's been, you've heard this message before, and yet there's been an indifference. It's, it's, it, 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 it just kind of ho-hum to you. But today is different because of the power of the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to press in upon your heart and upon your mind and upon your spirit. Father, I pray today for people to come and say, I want Jesus. I want to see him today. Make a change in my life. Set me free of my sin. So Father, I pray for them. Today, while our heads are bowed in our service today, I, I want to just simply ask, without people looking about or anything like that, I just simply want to ask, would you please lift a hand right now and say, Pastor, it's, today's the day for my life to change. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be set free. I want to know Christ, really know him as the Savior and Lord of my life Please, right now, in this moment, just simply lift your hand. Lift it up and then put it right back down. Thanks. Thank you, God. I didn't, I didn't notice on the left side of the building, my left, be your right. If there would be somebody over here, respond to God. Respond to him this morning. Respond to him. Let him change your life. Father, thank you again. Father, we just simply pray, Jesus Christ, Forgive my sin. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my soul. Father, I believe on Jesus Christ and him alone. Nothing else. Nothing else. 
but just the name of Jesus. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he rose from the dead. Today, I accept him 100% as the Savior and Lord of my life. And I give my life to him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.